Welcome to Leading the Next Generation with Tim Elmore, where our mission is to empower the emerging generations with skills to lead in real life. Hey, podcast listeners, we're so excited because we've got a great episode for you today. Randy Hain, our friend, is back, and he's got a brand new book called Upon Reflection, Helpful Insights and Timeless Lessons for the Busy Professional. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation between Tim and Randy, where they give you some really practical advice about how to make sure you're taking care of yourself as you're kind of going about your daily routine. So Tim, take it away. Randy, it's great to have you back in the studio with us today. Welcome. Thanks a lot, Tim. Always a pleasure. Now, you, we are calling this today, this conversation, Timely Lessons for the Starving Baker mm-hmm. with Randy Hain. Now, you know what the Starving Baker is, but for any listener that doesn't know who the Starving Baker is, it's one of our habitudes. Habitudes are images that form leadership habits and attitudes. And I think, Randy, the number one occupational hazard of leadership is the starving baker. Mm -hmm. It's the baker that spends so much time baking bread for others, he forgets to eat and starves himself. Right. We're all doing programs and products and everything else for everybody else, but we're not feeding ourselves. Your latest book is really about taking care of yourself, and it's called Upon Reflection. Mm -hmm. So we had you in not, not long ago, I guess it was last year, for your 2021 book. Yes, um, yes. And it was Essential Wisdom for Leaders, um, and it was so good. It was a fun conversation. This one, the book title is, and I'm holding it in my hand, Upon Reflection, Helpful Insights and Timeless Lessons for the Busy Professional. So if you don't mind, I just want to launch into some questions. We always have fun talking. Our conversations are always good. So what was your motivation for this new book? You know, it's um, it was really an accidental book. Huh. I was um, I finished Essential Wisdom back in 2021, and I just found myself going on a lot of long walks, uh, just being very reflective yeah. and sort of inward focus. And out of that kind of quiet period when I really wasn't intending to write, I came out with a series of blog posts and, and other things in my journal that were really just looks back at mm-hmm. uh, life, yeah. life lessons, failures, successes. And, um, you know, you know how it goes. I, I blinked and I, I said, my gosh, I think I've got enough here for a book. Yeah. So yeah. Upon Reflection came out of this intense period of just looking backwards and trying to make sure that I didn't miss all the important things in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a fun book to write, but it was an accidental one. Yeah. Well, it's perfectly titled Upon Reflection because it is your reflections, making sense of the rat race we find ourselves mm-hmm. in and, and operating not just from the mind, but from the soul. So listeners, let me say something to you before I jump into these questions with Randy. Um, while most of our listeners are educational people, people that care about the next generation, mm-hmm. this is really for anybody. I mean, anybody could listen to this podcast, school or no school, and say, boy, that that served me. So mm-hmm. thank you for joining us today. Let me jump in here. Um, this book feels a little different than your last book, which mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be the same thing. Sure. But um, it's a more reflective focus, hence the title. Um, I love the three distinct sections of this book. Can you unpack those three sections real quick for listeners to get the big picture? Absolutely. So um, the first section of the book is reflecting on the past. Mm. And, and that is me just, you know, taking a moment and, and looking back at significant moments in my life. We all have those, right? Yeah. Uh, thinking about, you know, my roles as husband, father, community servant, business leader, and thinking about things that really stood out for me and trying to capture the best of those moments and learning. So mm-hmm. that first section is a reflective look to the past. And the thing that's interesting about it is I, I'm very 
I'm very intentional in the book about talking about times when I, I succeeded, but also failed. It's not yeah. all about the happy, we all made the finish line. It's talking about times when I've struggled. Yeah. The second section of the book is probably going to resemble essential wisdom in a little, uh, in a small way, because it's really about very practical topics that really anybody could find yeah. comfort in. I talk about candor. I talk about um, analyzing, you know, defects in your in your environment and figuring out, you know, where we are accepting the things we shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, I talk about, you know, clarity. There's all kinds of different elements in mm -hmm. that section mm -hmm. that you'll find that applies to me. I can yeah. I can work on that. The third section was my favorite, and uh, it was about being a good human being. Yeah. And I feel like um, in today's world, we are spending way too much time screaming at each other. Yes, we are. We have, there's so much division. We, everybody's in their own camp. You know, we don't talk to this group or that group because of what they think or believe. And it just drives me crazy. Yeah. So I wanted to write a post, uh, or I'm sorry, a, a series of, of chapters that would tell great stories about the things that we can all believe in together, the things that bring us together that don't divide us. Yeah. And I was really mm -hmm. proud of how that particular section came out. Yeah, I, I loved it. And we'll get to that sure, in just a sure. minute. Uh, but let's go back to the beginning. I especially enjoyed the first chapter. It's a great place to start sure. called Savor uh, the Moments. Um, I needed this, and I'll tell you why. My wife often says to me, Tim, you got to stop and smell the roses. Mm. And my joking way to respond is, but we got to grow the roses. We got to, you know, got to <laughs> fertilize them, you know. Right. So I'm Mr. Product. I work with Maxwell and his productivity, productivity. But I fall in the same trap many leaders fall into. Sure. Talk about savor the moments. So um, that chapter came after a trip out west uh, my family and I took last year. And uh, we went to Las Vegas, not my favorite place, but uh, check the box. <laughs> but then we went to the Grand Canyon and Sedona, Arizona. And if you've been out in that part of the West, uh, God's handiwork is everywhere. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, place in our country. And I just found myself really slowing down and living life in real time mm -hmm. uh, and really just enjoying every minute, every every hike with my sons, every dinner gathering with the family. It was just a special moment. Yeah. And, you know, I, I also thought about all the opportunities that I missed in my life to savor the moment. As you were talking about, uh, going back 20 years, that's not who I was. I was so focused on, you know, growing my career and providing for my family yeah. that I wasn't thinking about enjoying it. And if I could go back and give myself advice as a 20-something, it would be you really need to think about working to live, not living to work. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the big lesson in that chapter. And I kind of close the chapter out with uh, a very special moment when we're uh, watching a sunset in Sedona, Arizona with the most beautiful mural in the sky you could ever see and just just enjoying every second of that moment with my family. And I never thought about work once. And to me, that was the, the definition of savoring a moment. You crossed a good line. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to go back. No, 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 no. Let's <laughs> no going back. I, I think that very often the younger generations, millennials and Gen mm -hmm. Z, and maybe even alphas soon, look at the older generations and go, how could you do that? How could you get so caught up as a workaholic, and I think I see them pushing back, maybe too much sometimes, mm -hmm. but pushing back against how many of us just live to work instead of work to live. So mm -hmm. I love the fact that you address this for leaders. So um, you and I both know Stephen Covey, we both appreciate Stephen Covey, how mm -hmm. he talked uh, in the past about the abundance mm -hmm. paradigm and the scarcity paradigm. You address this and really 
uh, you, you play out a good application for it. Talk about abundance and scarcity and what you have to say about that. Well, you know, I, I think I'd start at a high level by saying that really the best leaders I know in any area of my life are leaders that operate from abundance. Mm -hmm. They're always thinking about giving yeah. and serving. And even though I know and you know they're very busy people, yeah. they never fail to start with, what can I do for you? And I've always admired that in people. And I think I first saw it in my parents, my mother especially, hmm. when she was alive. Now, she dealt with chronic health issues. She was a, a working mom. She had a lot on her plate, very active in her yep. community. But she would never fail to begin a conversation with, what can I do for you, honey? Mm. How can I help you? And mm. she meant it. And I also noticed that something my mother did that was very special she would always show up with a gift. Now, I used to think that the gift was just a bag, of, a plate of cookies or flowers, <laughs> yeah. but she would show up with advice. She would show mm. up with a hug. She mm. would show up with a listening ear. And it taught me over time that my abundance could be gifts that are not just material things. They could be other things. So I, I grew up watching that. But I'll give you, Tim, two examples that are very relevant for this idea of abundance versus scarcity, if I may. Yeah. First, I'll start with scarcity. Uh, well, soon to be a coaching client reached out to me when I was uh, thinking about that chapter. And she was a client. Uh, she worked for a big company client of mine. And she called me and said, Randy, I really need your help. I need your help to uh, my own coaching needs, but also my team needs your help as well. And I started asking questions. And this woman was really struggling with time management. She was just working unbelievable hours. And she was very frustrated and almost bitter towards her team. They always want things from me, and they're trying to get me to help them with this, and I just don't have time for that. You've got to come help us. And the whole conversation to me just felt like she was operating from scarcity. Yeah. You know, I've got a little piece of pie and you can't have it, which is really the essence of Covey's lesson. Mm -hmm. So, at you know, we talked for a while and I said, I, I really just want to challenge you, if I may be respectfully candid, that I think you're operating from a place of scarcity. And she, to her credit, said, tell me more. Mm. So we talked about it and uh, eventually got her to understand that she needed to change and shift gears a little bit. So she became a client and we have since gotten her to a different place. Wow. But a great example of abundance is a very special story. My oldest son, Alex, who has autism, works for a major retailer. You yeah. would know the retailer. Yes. And um, he had COVID last year, and he's never missed a minute of work in his entire life wow. in seven years. Not one minute. Wow. He couldn't go to work, obviously. The assistant manager of a store calls, which was very nice, two-minute conversation. Hope Alex is okay. Uh, we're going to you know, make sure that we think about him and let us know if we can help. Very nice. Yeah. But that wasn't the great call that happened. Five minutes after that, the manager called. Now, I know the manager leads an operation that is huge. These yeah. stores do a lot of revenue. And he was understaffed. COVID had hit his store. Mm -hmm. And he had every reason to wallow in scarcity. Yeah. But he spent 20 minutes on the phone with my wife talking about how amazing Alex was, telling stories about how uh, customers loved him. We're going to pay Alex throughout his time out. Just poured into my yeah. wife yeah. when he had every reason to say, I'm too busy for that. That's right. Great example of a mm, It is. You're right. And I, you're right. I love the analogy of the pie. You, I got a piece of pie. You can't have it. Or there's only so much pie. Scarcity says there's only so much pie. Yes. Abundance says, let's make more pie. Plenty for everybody. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love yeah. I love that mindset. Yeah. And it is a mindset. Okay. In chapter 10 of your book, you talk about time thieves. Mm. We all have time thieves, and some of us are time thieves. Yes. Talk about how, how to manage that and how to not be one. So I want you to picture uh, every single day you're participating in a crime scene, 
And the crime scene is your calendar. Oh, boy. Okay. And every day, people are trying to steal your time. Now, it's often innocent. There's nothing uh, malicious about it, but they're, they're uh, asking you to come to meetings with no agendas, or they're in a meeting uh, with you, and you don't really know what your role is. Um, or uh, someone is calling you at 7 o'clock at night to ask you a question in your mm-hmm. family time. You know, there are all kinds of ways that people steal our time. Yep. So this particular chapter gets you to identify who the time thieves are, but also how to respectfully and candidly engage with them and get them to stop stealing your time by offering alternatives. Mm-hmm. One of the things I teach in the chapter is how do you say no? Yeah. Because most people think no is a roadblock. It's a brick yeah. wall. It sounds terrible. No is a little bit more of a flexible thing. It's a redirection, isn't it? Tim, I can't come to your 5 o'clock meeting, but you know what? Tomorrow at 8 a.m. and 3 o'clock, I am available. Which Mm -hmm. one of those might work for you? So I want to be helpful, but I'm not going to do what you're asking. I'm going to give you alternatives. So the chapter really helps you identify who's stealing your time, but also how not to become, as you say, the time thief. I love that. And, and we all need it. Yes. So let's talk about that big, important part, the third part of your book, mm. uh, which is really about being good humans. Um, so the last section is maybe the most meaningful to me. Uh, I'm especially drawn to the, the chapter on fostering civility. Mm. You and I have talked about that as friends before. Mm-hmm. Schools need it. Companies need it. Would you <clears throat> just talk about that for a minute? I think what you have mm. to say is just important. This is the accidental chapter in the accidental book. Okay. (laughs) So um, I was seven days away from turning the book into my editor. And I get a phone call from someone. I would not describe them as a friend, more of an acquaintance, a friend of a friend. And we both do similar work. And he said, uh, Randy, I, I, I want to pick your brain on something if you've got a minute. I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. You yeah. know, Nobody ever calls anybody anymore. Yeah. So he said, I want to talk to you about something that's a, it's a very contentious topic. And, and he said, and I appreciate this, I know you to be a reasonable man. Can I, can I ask huh. you some questions? So he wanted to talk about something that I think most Americans would find to be very divisive. Very controversial. Very controversial. And he said, I would just want to ask your opinion because I think that we're on different sides of the issue based on your writings. So he said that right up front. He said, based on your writings, yep. I suspect that you have a certain point of view. So I said, sure. And he, he asked me questions and I walked him through my reasoning. He was, I think, on his best behavior and being very respectful. Mm-hmm. But I walked him through my reasoning with examples and 30 minutes went by. And I said, you know what, to be fair, help me understand your perspective. So I did the same thing in reverse. Yep. I asked him questions. And we were both being on our best behavior. But what's remarkable, remarkable about this call is we got through an hour and we fully vetted a very contentious topic. Now, I'm not sure either of us is going to change our mind. I'm not going to change yeah. my mind. But we also... Um, we did it civilly. We yeah. weren't shouting at each other. We we actually had a conversation. Yeah. And I even said at the end, what just happened? And he said, Randy, I just thought I'd, I needed to have the courage to ask an opinion and not make assumptions. So we talked a little bit more. And you know what was remarkable? We actually have a lot of things in common. Mm. Now, we don't agree on this issue, but yeah. a lot of things we do. Yeah. We have since become friends. How about that? And we grab coffee every now mm-hmm. and then. But the idea of the chapter, starting with this call as sort of our foundation, is there are so many ways that we can promote civility. Yeah. One thing is don't try to have a conversation through social media. 
you know, we're, we're, we're sharing vitriol, we're, we're doing gotcha comments, we're mm-hmm. all trying to be funny, yep. and it never works. Yeah. Talk to people. Yeah. Talk to people. And that's really the point of it. If you want to, if you really want to change the world, talk to people that you don't agree with and listen to each other and compromise where you can. Sometimes you can't compromise, but we can still be human, good human beings and be civil with each other. I love it. You know, I said from the very beginning, this book is so practical, but it's for the head and the heart. It's mm-hmm. reason, and yet it's directed at the soul. I love it. Mm-hmm. So before we close out this conversation, which I think has been very helpful, any last words you'd want to say to somebody, like a listener right now that might go, this sounds like a great book, but any other last thoughts? You know, a few things come to mind. Is you know, One thing to think about is it's one thing to talk about being reflective, but I think it's you got to start actually uh, in the beginning, which is you need to be focused on learning how to live. You need to live and live and mm-hmm. live in the moment because you can't reflect on experiences if you haven't enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. So go out and live, and then reflect on those experiences. Yeah. And I think the only other thing is, and maybe this is a, a great ending to that section, is you know we have an opportunity every day to put goodness into the world, mm-hmm. and when we do, goodness comes back. Yeah. And it's the right way to live. You'll sleep better at night, and it's going to change the world if we all look for opportunities to, to give and serve and help others. I think you're spot on. Life tends to be an echo, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It just shouts back to us what we have shouted out. Yes. You live this out. I know you as a friend. Thank you. I love you as an author. But I'm telling you, you live this out. So it makes it easier to hear me uh, to hear because I know you live this out. Thank you for joining us today. It's been great. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. What an incredible conversation. I told you it was going to be practical and insightful, and indeed it was. Uh, We would love for you to get your hands on this book by Randy Hain. Again, it's called Upon Reflection, Helpful Insights and Timeless Lessons for the Busy Professional. Um, If you would like to pick up a copy of that, we're going to put a link to where you can buy the book in the show notes. As always, if you would rate this podcast, give us five stars on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. If you found this podcast particularly helpful and maybe you thought of somebody to share it with, we would uh, greatly appreciate it if you would share it with them. Um, if you want to connect with us online, we are at Growing Leaders and at Tim Elmore pretty much everywhere you are. And then finally, if you have ideas for this podcast, maybe uh, people we should interview or topics you think we should cover, shoot us an email. It's podcast at growingleaders.com. We love getting those from you. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.